helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Hi, this is Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, and I want to thank you for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Radio Show. Today we have another interesting show lined up for you. Today's show is about overcoming shyness. If you're someone who has had great ideas, you've been thinking of things that you're talented and that maybe God is calling you to do, but you have been putting it off because of shyness and you feel as if you ha- you could contribute a lot more at your workplace, you could contribute more, a lot more among your friends, you could be more social, but you are just been impeded by shyness. This show is for you because today we're going to be giving you some tips as to how to overcome shyness. But before we get into the show today, let me welcome all our listeners, and especially if you're joining us for the first time. If this is your first time listening to the Life Transformation Radio Show, let me tell you a little bit about Elam Counseling Services. Elam is a professional counseling organization that provides professional psychotherapy from a Christian perspective. We have several counselors on staff, and our counseling service is covered by most insurance companies. We have a lot of people with benefit plans who have been able to pay and get their services reimbursed. We are also an organization that provide counseling at a subsidized rate, and we're able to do that uh, based on donations that we receive. So if you have listened to this show and you have benefited from this show, maybe you have benefited from the ministry itself by the counseling you have received, we encourage you to consider making a donation to us as that will help us to be able to help continue to provide services at a subsidized cost and keep our and meet the, the cost of our overhead. So again, thank you very much for your support of this ministry, if you have supported this ministry in 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 some shape or form. And as I say that, that brings to mind those of you who have volunteered your time to help in different capacities at our conferences and maybe even on a day-to-day basis. We are very thankful for our volunteers. Yes, we are a non-profit organization. So if you would like to volunteer your time, you think you have a talent or you think you 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 have some skill that could be a benefit to us, would be happy to hear from you. But before I go any further in the show, let me welcome my co-host, Melissa Wagot. Melissa, thank you very much for being with us here again on this show and and I guess uh, today's show is going to be another good show that is going to be helpful to a lot of people. Thanks for having me back, Michael. It's always great to join you. And you're right. I really think this show will resonate with people out there. So stay tuned. We're going to be talking about overcoming shyness, as you mentioned off the top, Michael. But before we get into today's topic, we wanted to give our listeners a reminder about the healing retreat that we have scheduled for June 9th to 11th at Providence Point in Lanark. Michael, can you share with the listeners what they can expect from this healing retreat? A healing retreat is a time of self-reflection, a time of self-care, a time where you focus your energy and your attention on God and on yourself for healing. And by healing, we're speaking uh, primarily of emotional healing. But as we have seen, when emotional healing take care emotional healing takes place physical healing also happens you have a lot of clients who have suffered from things like irritable bowel syndrome some people with fibromyalgia some people with uh 
illnesses that can't be diagnosed, that doctors don't know why they're having these aches and pain. And what I find through my practice is that a lot of time when the emotional things are taken care of, these symptoms, which are often stress-related, tend to take care of themselves. So when we say healing retreat, yes, emotional healing, but we also are expecting that there are going to be other things that are going to happen as well, physical healing, that is. And we've mentioned in the past that with these healing retreats, one of the things we try to do is limit the amount of people who can come. So intensive therapy discussions can happen. There's only 12 spots available, am I correct? yes. So if people want to get their name on the list and grab one of those 12 spots, how can they go about doing that? Well, if you are interested in in going to this retreat, I think you should register right away. I know we're just in February and a lot of people are thinking, oh, it's June, you know, when the weather gets nicer, I'll register. But I encourage you to register right away because I I think the spots are going to fill up very quickly. And to to register, you can go to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And there is a registration form online for the healing retreat that you can go to and you can put in your name. You have a few questions that we ask and you can make your payment right on online and that we'll send you a welcome package and give you more information uh, about the retreat and uh, answering the questions that you might have. So again, go to our website or you can call us if you'd just like to find out more about it first before registering. 613-699-1677 is the number to call. So today, Michael, we're going to be talking about overcoming shyness. Mm-hmm. Why have you decided to dedicate a whole show to the topic of shyness? Why well, is this important? Number one, let me say that this uh, is something that is very dear to my heart because as a teenager, at one point, I was very shy. It might be hard to, to believe for some people who have seen me present at the conferences and the marriage seminars and so forth. But I remember this incident distinctly where I was in the youth group of my church and Somehow the person who was supposed to collect the offering for that night was missing and someone handed me the collection plate and said, you are going to collect. And I didn't have time to say no. And before I know it, I was walking in those days, days you walk around the church. I think as it's done in most churches, you walk around and you hand the collection plates to people who are. And I just had such a such a. A, a, a re- response to just be in at the in the front, people looking at me and going from aisle to aisle. That I, I I didn't want to be in that situation again because I felt so uncomfortable. I had I had a stress response. I had my heart palpitating. I had my hands sweating, and I was just very nervous. And I wasn't even uh, preaching a sermon or doing anything special. I was just handing out the the plate but uh so so for, number one it's important to me because it's something that i have personally overcome but the second thing is that i think shyness is that which robs a lot of god's children and a lot of people in general from from achieving their true potential and from doing the work that god has called them to do so there are many talented people who are listening to my voice today who would have started ministries, who would have done phenomenal things for God, but because of their shyness, they just can't see themselves doing what it is that they're good at. And so they know they're talented, they know they're gifted. Maybe they're a good singer, maybe they're very good orators, but standing in front of an audience 
uh, is just uh, too much for them to even think of. And so they, they, those talents are not, are not being used. So before we get into the meat of today's topic, I just want to know if you can clarify the definition of shyness. Because I'm sure we've all heard that. Maybe you've been labeled that or you've labeled someone else as being shy. Right. But what is shyness really? Okay, so by shyness, I guess maybe the best uh, way to, to explain that is to paint out a number of scenarios. And if you can answer yes to any of these scenarios, then maybe you're a shy person. So number one is, do you feel tense when you're with people that you don't know very well? Uh, when in a group of people, do you have trouble thinking of what to say or feeling as if you're going to say something to make a fool of yourself and not confident to to start a conversation or to interact with people? Is Do you find it uh, really hard to ask for information? Like if you, if you were... Uh, at school, for example, if you're a, 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 a young person, you're in school and you needed to go up to ask a question to, of the teacher, do you find it hard? Would you sit in your seat and know that you wanted to ask a question, but you that just, just that thought of going to the front is just too much to overcome, so your question go unanswered. And so maybe in the workplace as well, uh, you might have great ideas in your mind that you could share at a business meeting, but no one knows about these ideas. Because you're the kind of person where the thought of saying something at a business meeting it makes you very uncomfortable. And so, you know, you sit there and then you hear someone else comes up with the idea that you have thought about from the very beginning. And you go, I wish I had said that. And you keep finding yourself in these kind of conditions. So, so those are some of the signs of, that would indicate that you have shyness and does it take a long time to overcome your shyness if you're you're in new situations do you dread new situations do you feel as if when you're in a new situation you it takes a really really long time to become comfortable do you have trouble looking someone in in the eyes and so these are some of the the, the things that if you have answered yes to those questions then uh, you might be a, a person suffering from shyness. So as you describe those things, something that came to my mind was the whole concept of being introverts and extroverts. Is there a right. difference between being an introvert and being shy? Yeah, there's a big difference between a, a shy person and a person who is introverted. An introverted person might not be the most talkative at a, at a business meeting. But the, the introvert will still be able to say things that they need to say. They, they might not be the life of the party, but they will still go to a party and they will still interact with people. Whereas a person who is shy might not say anything at a business meeting and may not go to the party. And even if they're at the party, they're uncomfortable being there. But a shy person, but an introvert can be at a party and not be uncomfortable at all, can can be fully comfortable and be very comfortable in their silence. They're silent not because they're uncomfortable, just because this is the way that they are by nature. So I think those are 
huge differences. A lot of a lot of introverted people are very confident people, and 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 they they can speak up if they have something to say. They are they can be a phenomenal presenters. Some of the people that you see who are introverted, you see them in front of an audience, and you wonder is this the same person because they are they're very dynamic and they're very comfortable on stage. Whereas a shy person might dread uh, going on stage and, might, and may tend to isolate themselves from others. So where does shyness come from? Is it a heredity, hereditary thing? Is, does it get passed along through the generations? That's a very good question, Melissa. There's some research that suggests that there's about uh, 15% of the, the, the population uh, suffers from shyness. And the research also says that about 50% of that 15% of people uh, are are hereditary, are people who are shy because it, it, it's hereditary. It is thought that of of all the ailments that af- uh, afflict us, shyness is one of the those that are more likely to be passed on, on hereditary. So if you had a father or mother that sh- that is shy, tendencies are that you will tend to be shy as well, but also there is a there there is also a nurture component because some of it may be learned. If you have shy parents, then chances are you are not exposed to large gatherings. You don't have a lot of your parents don't have a lot of friends coming over. So as a result, you might grow up to be uncomfortable in in shy situations. So there are some people, as I said, fifty percent who might be a learned behavior, but there are some. Uh, some people who, from birth, has tendency to shyness. Those of you with with children will will probably know this: that you might have had one child that, from a very young age, they didn't like to be around people. They cried a lot. You, you know, uh, if if they're in settings where there's too much stimulation, and so you could tell from earlier on, looking back, you can say yes, from a child, this child was. From birth, this child was different than my other kids. So how do you know which type you have, if it's the hereditary or if it's more of the nurture type? Yes, I think uh, one of the things that sets the, the types apart is that people who tend to be, uh, who, who has this early onset, who, who, who has this hereditary, who, who are shy because of hereditary reasons, that they tend to have more of a physical arousal when they're shy, whereas other people who are learned, it's more of a thought process, it's more of a thinking that the way that they think in the situation, so it's not so much that they're having the physiological responses, but they have negative thinking patterns that may have been learned as a result of experiences that happen to them. And and so for for those who are late, uh, who have late onset of shyness, by late onset of shyness, it's usually in people who, uh, in their teenage years, start becoming shy. And it's believed that those people in their teenage years, it's at the age where your peers mean a lot to you, where you're developing self-identity, you're finding your place of who you are in the world. And there are some people, because of the roller coaster of emotions that they experience in their in their teenage years, and because of bad experiences that they had in in those years, negative experiences, uh, the, these the the shyness follows them follow them into adult life. Is there a cost to being shy, or is this something with very little consequence? Why why even bother talking about something like this? Yeah, that's, that's a good question, and I I think when you when you think about it, uh, if you are shy, if you are a shy person. 
then one of the disadvantage is that you tend to uh, people tend to have a negative impression of you. So if you're shy and you you don't speak to people, people can think, oh, she's unfriendly. People people might also think that you're standoffish or you think that you are superior to others. So one of, that's one of the big disadvantages of being shy. Shy people are, are, are a lot of time misunderstood because they think that the people who are shy tend to think that others around them can see their symptoms and can know that it's because they are shy. But a lot of times people don't get that. People might get the opposite. You might look perfectly normal to others and they're wondering, why is it that this person is not talking to me? And they're, they, they are giving other reasons uh, as to why you're not not interacting other than the fact that you might be you're a shy person the second thing is that we all have a need for human interaction we're born with 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 this with this need to interact and to be a part and so when you're shy you're robbed of that of of that of fulfilling that great need and then i think that the third thing is that for people who have a tendency to be shy, there is a great consequence to isolation. We know that diseases like depression uh, thrives in isolation. Uh, people who isolate also have greater tendencies to develop poor coping mechanisms such as drinking and, and drug use. And we also know that uh, isolation has been linked to to even premature death. People who isolate tend to, 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 to die prematurely. So there are a lot of motivations as to why we need to, to deal with this issue of shyness. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Radio Show. We're on each week, um, Mondays at 9.30, and today we're talking about overcoming shyness. We want to remind people who may have just joined us that if you want to listen to this radio broadcast, if you've missed the first half, we encourage you to go to our website, elamcounselingministry.com. That's spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can give us a call at 613-699-1677. We also want to remind you that we have a healing retreat coming up June 9th to 11th at Providence Point in Lanark. The space is limited, so again, if you want your name on that list, give us a call at 613-699-167 or visit our website at elamcounselingministry.com and click on the retreat link there. So Michael, you just described to the listeners the cost of shyness, and it's clearly something that's not without consequence. So my question is, earlier you had mentioned that 50% of shyness is hereditary linked. Yes. So if it's hereditary linked, is there a treatment to shyness? Is it uh, something that can be overcome? Absolutely. Any type of shyness, whether it's hereditary or something that you have developed as a result of bad experience, regardless of the, the, the cause of your shyness, it can be overcome. And uh, so it, 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 it does matter what the, 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 the cause is. Treatment, there have been very effective treatment that uh, that have proven to be very helpful in treating shyness. So what kind of treatments can people expect if this is something they want to overcome? Okay, so we have a number of different different treatments that we we, we use for people who are shy. One of the, the, the treatment that we use for for people who are battling shyness is what we call visualization. So visualization is a, a way of 
thinking about the, 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 the situation in which you would be shy. So, for example, if you're the kind of person who would be very, very nervous and anxious in a boardroom setting where you would be asked a question, you could visualize yourself in, in that situation and then uh, try to see yourself doing the, the act in a way that you're not nervous. And at first, when you visualize it, you might, you might tend to feel very anxious even just visualizing asking a question in a board meeting or making a, a, a putting forward uh, something at an annual meeting in a church, putting forward a, an idea. But if you can visualize yourself doing it and deal with the stress in a comfortable, non-threatening situation, when you get into the actual situation, the stress would be much less. There's this research that was done many years ago, I think in the 90s, by Alan Richardson. And what he did is that he had people did a visualization exercise for six days, people who are not gymnasts. And these people had to visualize five minutes a day for six days, a, a kind of mental uh, rehe rehearsal of doing a particular exercise that they have never done before. And what he found is that people who had very vivid imagination, when they were given the actual exercise to do, these people did a lot better than people who were not able to visualize the exercise in a visual way. So from that, we know that visualization of a situation can actually manifest in you being more, more efficient at the situation in real life. So when, let me talk a little bit about how to, how to visualize correctly. So for example, there are times when I have students who are sent to me who they they can't participate in their work at school because they, they can't stand in front of a classroom and they, they have not been able to do any presentation as a result of that. One of the things that I do in visualization is to make the, make the situation become alive. So I would say to these students, imagine that you're in the classroom and you're about to give a presentation, what do you hear? What are some of the sounds that would be happening in that classroom? This Describe for me the sounds. And they would say, well, I hear people turning the leaves of the pages. There are some people talking. And, you know, I can hear sound from outside the hall. So by making these things, by, by talking about these things in those specific ways, it makes a situation come alive. And so a lot of time when, when, when we do that, so people will actually start having responses like they're actually in the classroom and about to give a presentation. And it's that, and that's what you want to create because if you can create the feeling, so I would say, what is it that you hear? What is it that you see? What is it that you feel as you're in that classroom about to give this presentation? And then I would say, I would go the step, just imagine that you're able to go up to the front. What does that feel like? And as they start to imagine it, then they would start feeling the, the physiological responses. And we work through that. And over a period of time, they become, a, they, they are able to give those presentations that they were afraid of doing. So that's a great example, the type of therapy or therapeutic strategy people can expect. Mm -hmm. But how do people get started on that journey? Like if someone's listening there right to, to us today and they're saying, this is me, this is who I am, I want to overcome this, what strategies should they take to start this process? That's a very good question, Melissa. I think the first strategy is to start with where do you want to go? Like, so if you're in a situation where you're saying, I want to overcome my shyness, be very specific 
where is it that you you what is it that you want to do what are your goals uh what what is it that you want to achieve what would you see yourself doing if you were to overcome your shyness so so where do you want to go the second thing is where are you now in other words what it is that that what 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 state are you in what do you feel if you were to if you if you when you think about doing those things that you want to do what are you able to do at present so once you have this picture of where you are and and where you want to go then the next step the third step which is a very very important step is to come up with actions or small steps that will lead you to where you want to go and these steps has to be very specific when we're treating people for for shyness overcoming shyness the, the the steps have to be very very specific and they're in hierarchical nature so in other words if you plan to to speak at a board meeting or if you plan to start a ministry then the first step might be sharing the idea with someone okay and so you have that step the next step might be to to approach uh, people who could fund that that ministry that you want to start so what are the steps and the, the have very specific steps that will lead you to that big goal of, of 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 your final destination and then once you have that laid out and you you have this system of numbering each step the next step is to work at achieving each small step so if the first step is to say i'm going to put my my idea in writing and i'm going to share it with a friend that's the first step do that first step but not only do that first step reward yourself after each step so i think if you have these four these four uh pillars of the of overcoming shyness in place it makes it very measurable and it makes it very practical and it makes it very very doable because you might not be able to speak in front of a congregation of 400 people right away but you can write a speech and you can share it with a friend so if that's the first step you do it and then you 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 congratulate yourself or reward yourself for doing it when you outline it that way it seems so much more manageable Absolutely. than thinking of as you say speaking in front of 400 people as step one and what i'm really hearing from you is being specific is so key both in what you want to overcome and then how you want to do it that specificity even in the visualization was so important absolutely absolutely and uh, for some of these steps i think to when you think about doing them you might start having nervous tension but then there are also uh, techniques that we use to help people to get over that anxiety. And I wish we had more time today to go into some of those techniques. But one technique is what we call progressive relaxation. And by progressive relaxation, we take people through that exercise where they're able to control their breathing. They're able to control their physiological symptoms. So they might be in a board meeting and right away they start feeling these uh, symptoms by progressive relaxation they can remain calm they can talk themselves down and then they can ask a question or, or do what it is that they were that that they wanted to do and so with the time we have left for those people who are sitting out there who are feeling shy maybe like you when you were passing that plate as that youth and they want to overcome that what should they be doing Absolutely. So I say one of the first steps is to work with someone who really understands how to get you through this. Because if you're with the wrong person, it, they can, it can create more harm than good. Because I've had people who 
have been hurt as a result of being given wrong advice and have been made to feel like failures because it was approached the wrong way. So number one I step out say work with someone who has the qualification and the knowledge to help you. We'd be happy to help again. Our number is six one three six nine nine one six seven seven and our website is Elim Ministry.com. Elim is spelled E L I M Counseling with two L's Ministry that come and Melissa we're quickly out of time today and I wish I could say more about the at time to say more about this subject but give us a call go to our website and uh, email us and we'll be happy to share with you before we go I'd also like to remind you about the healing retreat because things like this can be broken at healing retreat as well or at least you can start some of the work there so again the healing retreat is on the weekend of the 9th to 11th of June and it's at Providence Point and to find out more about that, you can go to our website. You can even register on our website. And as we said in the beginning of the show, Melissa, it's a healing retreat that we're dealing with mostly emotional healing. But you're also physical breakthrough that people will get as well. There are more and more research that are coming out later that is showing that the way a person thinks. And what goes on in your mind is very much tied to what goes on in the body. So if you want to join us, please give us a call. We'd be happy to see you at that event. Absolutely. So again, don't wait until the last minute. Give us a call at 613-699-1677 or go to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. And until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Mm-hmm.